live-ish. Well, recorded live. Right, you're listening you like to, to it live as it's playing. <laughs> um, we are recording this week at uh, Fulton, the Fulton Tap Room, which is a real pleasure for me because I have not been here nearly enough. Well, here you are. And now, we not are. only not only is there fantastic Fulton beer, now there's some amazing food to be had here as well. There is, there is. Uh, I am Schmitty, by the way. Thanks for the introduction, Drew. Now people know who you are by now. <laughs> Come on. Let's uh, let's introduce the rest of the guests here. We uh, we of course have uh, Ben and Ryan from Shakopee. Uh, you guys are calling it a brew hall, I understand. Uh, nice to uh, set the branding aside. I like that signature name. Uh, we're going to get to their stuff here in a minute or two. Uh, but we've got Ryan and Brian and Scott uh, joining us. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Wonderful, thank you. Fantastic. All right. Aces. Let's uh let's let's get down to it. You guys have had a lot of big news lately in the quote unquote beer community. Uh, how do you guys like being it labeled a beer community? Is that is that too sticky or is that do you guys feel like there's really a beer community here in, in Minnesota and Twin Cities? I think that's just sticky enough. Uh, there's, you know, it's weird. We we don't feel like we are the the old guard by any means, uh, but at the same time, in just years that a lot of the industry has been around, we we've been around for a little bit and seen a couple of things, and it's uh, it's been fun to um, have done what we've done with our tap room and some distribution, and and now being in a position to open up a really cool new food option at our tap room with scott and our new airstream kitchen um yeah i don't know we're welcoming the beer community in to talk about food a little bit too let's talk about that that concept that practice of bringing scott in and the the food truck uh, I, it's been my contention for a good while now that that's the the next evolution of tap rooms, of brew halls, of beer in Minnesota is that combination of beer and food. And, and I've kind of been thinking maybe inside the box where every every tap room should have a food component, a kitchen, in my opinion. But you guys have kind of thought outside the box with with Scott and bringing him in to do kind of a, a food truck in residency. Talk about that a little bit, how it came to be. Well, I guess it would be outside of the box in that our kitchen is literally outside the box of the four walls of our our, right. our, our tap room. Um, but uh, we actually, you know, we like, we like to think of it exactly that. It's our tap room kitchen. Um, you know, and, and Scott's been uh, bugging us for, for long enough to, to, to get this going. Um, Eventually they had to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's something we've always, we've had food trucks here since we've been open. We've had food that's been served out of the same space that our Airstream trailer currently is. Um, but it's just nice to kind of bring that in, make it our own, um, make it reliably here all the time, uh, and bring in Scott in to make it, um, <clears throat> you know, always of, of the quality that, that we think uh, Fulton should reflect and uh, just to hopefully elevate the experience of people that come to uh, have a couple of pints here. Well, Scott, you've got a, a pretty notable background. Tell, uh, tell us... What you were what you were doing and how your career sort of ended up being leading you here I've just been cooking for a very long time in town um, you know I I credit a lot of what I've done um, going back to the early days in 1999 and 2000 back to the modern cafe uh, there for five years and then was just either uh, smart enough or dumb enough to open my own place um, <laughs> uh, called corner table and then 
surrounded myself with better people than me and eventually turned it over to uh, Nick and Thomas at Corner Table Now, which are doing amazing things, and bounced around a little bit, um, tried my hand at <clears throat> some other uh, ventures in terms of hotels and country clubs and uh, even spent some time at the uh, University of Minnesota where um, I did um, two seasons of the Minnesota Vikings when they were at uh, TCF Bank Stadium, learned a ton in terms of concessions and food and, and just volume cooking. So, Are there and then we're similarities here. between concessions and food trucks? You know, I think I think there there's definitely some similarities. I think uh, really what it comes down to is volume. Um, you know, a lot of trucks can only support for so long, right? And I think we've all had that experience where you show up where a truck is and it's 9:30 at night and half the menu board is gone. You know, no, that's the worst. Yeah, but but to some extent, I will say that that is the best possible scenario for a truck. Yeah, sort of. You know. Because it's that, money you left off the table, right? Exactly, exactly. It means, so it means you planned pretty well. Exactly, for that exactly. Evening. So I think um, where where we're taking the approach here, I'm definitely using my experience from my restaurant, from um, even hotels in and around hospitality. I mean, we started the the talk off with community, mm -hmm. and I think that is at the core of what. A tap room and what I've seen these guys go from sitting at my restaurant and drinking and me selling their beer to now I'm here supporting their venture um, and, and kind of bringing all the pieces of the puzzle together. Having worked in lots of different environments, sit-down restaurant, uh, concessions at a massive stadium and now a food truck, is there is there and should there be different customer expectations for all of those experiences or have you found that like when when Schmitty just said you know that's the worst I go to a food truck I expect it to be like a restaurant I you know I expect the menu to be there and be available well it's, it's not a sit-down restaurant so is there should the customer expectations be different or in, in, and in your experience have they been and it, first and foremost what I'm what I'm gonna uh, con continually say is that we went over this conversation of are we a food truck or are we a kitchen and for us the distinction is is that this is the kitchen at the tap room we are not taking this on the road we are not running around town we're not pulling up to a curb downtown we're not going to do your bar mitzvah and your birthday parties and and so on and so forth this is the kitchen at the tap room with that said the customer expectation really at the end of the day and i, I tell my guys this all the time it's a simple transaction they're expecting good, great quality food at a you know, reasonable, appropriate price, and they should have a great experience. And that never changes, whether you're a sit-down fine dining, whether you're at a, you know, in my eyes, when you go to a stadium, I'm probably more critical than most, but I want to be greeted right and here at the tap room that's what i feel makes us different it makes us a true kitchen and makes us a tap room experience is that this staff here is so ingrained in hospitality that they get it they really get what we're trying to do with the food quality of product menu um all i can say in regards to that is 
watch and see what happens. <laughs> because where we're starting is very much a traditional menu, mm-hmm. but that is that is and never will limit us what we will do out of this kitchen. Well, let's get into the menu. I think sure. that's what most people want to know about. What uh, if, uh, For someone that hasn't been here yet and is uh, looking forward to coming to checking it out, what can they expect? What do you, uh, what do you recommend? What are you most excited about? Yeah, in terms of menu, I think the easiest way to explain what we're doing right now is think of just about everything other than tacos and pizza that you want to have with beer. Um, we have a really strong sausage menu, which we partner well, with. Let's wait a minute on that. Because <laughs> keep going, but just for those who are thinking now. <laughs> uh, we partnered with Lowry Hill, a uh, friend of friend of Fulton and a friend of mine for years. Friend of meat. Say they're, they're, they're fantastic. Meat. Yeah. Um, so he's doing uh, sausages. He's I doing. on that for our band name, by the way. <laughs> friend, friend of meat. <laughs> we have so many band names in, in all of these menu conversations. It's ridiculous. Is um, anybody writing this down? <laughs> we have some of them. We have. There was there was a good one yesterday. I'll tell you later. Um, but. Uh, uh, we're also doing uh, a couple of different dogs. So real traditional stuff that you would expect to be in a tap room. So we have one in particular, uh, our Lonely Brat, which uh, Eric Sather had been working on for a number of years. Um, that product uh, has a little bit of uh, caraway to it and um, really pairs well with the Lonely Blonde. And we do very little to that. We add our own in-house sauerkraut, a little bit of red onion and some uh, salt that we've actually infused with some mosaic hops. So, um, great. you know, from there it's down to uh, what uh, uh, Ryan is here uh, nibbling on is our uh, in-house porchetta. Yeah, on I can endorse rotisserie. that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 That gets the Drew come, Schmitty come get the yeah. Come get the porchetta. <laughs> so it's sandwiches, it's sausages, it's dogs, it's snacks. You have a nosh plate in front of you, mm-hmm. partnered meats from Red Table. Um, we also have a, you know, surprisingly enough, we have a dessert on our menu, which is um, uh, called Sarah's tipsy pie and it's a friend that is out in uh, Stillwater and she uses uh, she makes these little hand pies with her mother's crust of 17 years recipe and um, she's using war and peace in with uh, chocolate filling and it's a great dessert hand pie item goes great uh you know with a number of beers on the menu if you kind of want to finish the night that way yeah which is again yeah which is again something you don't see in the truck world right so well it's it's and that's i think that's the the point that i was getting at earlier and kind of where where you guys are at where it is it is truck but it's it's kitchen right it's outside the box where it's it's not necessarily one or the other, but it's it's an adaptation of, of the concept, right? It's actually inside a big silver box, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I think we're coming up on a break. Are we not, Drew? We are indeed, and uh, this, this porchetta is getting a little little room temperature, so I think I need to finish it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from the Minnesota BeerCast recording live from Fulton. Ben Lieber here for Town Hall Brewery and the Town Hall family, where they're introducing a new off-menu item, the Nacho Libre. Corn tortillas topped with queso, chicken verde, jalapenos, red onions, cotilla cheese, guac, a sprinkle of cilantro, and finished with a spicy Arbol chili salsa. Mm-mm-mm. Plus, if you order the Nacho Libre, you'll get a free ta- kitchen, their new outdoor sort of food truck-ish kitchen. Well, let's before we get to the next segment, right. we're gonna and we're gonna talk to Shakopee in this next segment here. But I wanted to maybe we should get some clarification on the relationship and the setup with the food truck 
kitchen. Um, explain how the setup works. Now, is it is it Scott's kitchen? Is it your kitchen? Is he in residency? Explain the dynamic before we move on to the next segment, just so folks are clear and understand. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, well, you know, if you ask a chef whose kitchen it is, the, it's always his, it, right? Invariably, will be you know chef's name here's kitchen. Um, so it is Scott's yeah, kitchen in that way. Chef <laughs> Scott's kitchen. Um, I'm glad he's not here right now because I can just continue <laughs> to make fun of him. But uh, um, it's it's maybe I, I know there are some tap rooms who are doing or have done kind of the truck and residency thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is similar in ways, but it um, this is a Fulton project. Uh, the the Airstream trailer is something that Fulton bought and paid for and installed out here. Uh, Scott and the kitchen crew are on Fulton's staff. So it is, it's a little bit more incorporated or integrated into Fulton's operations than the truck and residency example, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is your, your food truck slash kitchen. So if Scott ever decides to stop out of line, he could, he could conceivably be replaced. And we need to remind him of that. <laughs> Very I good. I asked this uh, real quick, one more, because I asked this with other other tap rooms and brew pubs, et cetera, that have incorporated the kitchen into it. When it comes to the menu selection, how much of a role does your beer line play when it comes to, and this might be a better question for Scott, and he's not here, but uh, do you guys collaborate in terms of flavors, and, and does, does your beer selection and your beer flavor profiles play into the choices that he's made on the menu so far? It's, oh. uh, well, we'll both have our piece here, but <laughs> but yes, absolutely. I mean, this this isn't just like, hey, Scott, bring a menu and we'll bring the beer and we'll see where it meets. I mean, we, uh, Scott kind of alluded to it uh, earlier, but we've known him since he was running quarter table back in 2010 2011 when Fulton got started and have been talking to him about this particular project or or some version of it for several years now and um, the idea was always to bring the food and beer together in harmony not to just do both and hope they they somehow kind of match up so um, we're not necessarily saying that oh every item in the on the food menu is perfectly paired to a certain beer that we have on our beer menu but it's more about beer and food belong together and there are certain things that where you're eating and you're drinking and it just makes sense to be having the two together absolutely and i would say though from like the collaborative how you came up with the menu standpoint uh you know scott is our executive chef he did come up with the bulk of the menu um you know i'll speak for myself and ryan alone of the partners is we're pretty good cooks but chefs we are not um and so to bring someone in who can really top to bottom you know design a menu like that uh, with the beer in mind uh you know that's a big part of why he's here and what he's doing and look forward to doing more of that going was forward. there anything when you were coming up with this concept was there anything he's like we gotta have that you know, conceptually, the the idea was we're Scott's an incredibly talented chef, and he can do you name what you want to do with food, and he either has done it or believes he can do it and will be able to do it. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all of those things are a fit for what we want to do in a tap room here at Fulton. So we started out from the idea of let's get the the basics of really good beer and really good food match up together so sausages sandwiches and just kind of the snacks that we're all munching on right now so a nosh plate with different cold cuts with different cheese pickles um popcorn and of course those bits of porchetta 
I think the biggest disagreement we've had with him since we started is we have this really pretty, really amazing um, uh, 300 beer battered grilled cheese on the menu. Uh, and uh, we really wanted to call it the Gordon Pritchard. Uh, and he, he was like, what? <laughs> we're like, the Gordon Pritchard cheese. He was like, I don't, what are you talking about? And we're like, uh, old that, school? That's your biggest disagreement. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty mild one. Well, around here, it's actually yeah, I mean, rather serious. I mean, that movie was, was almost a know. fireable offense. <laughs> Fists were almost flying. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you, do you guys see this concept? Being uh, imitated, or is it going to be kind of uh, adopted by their by their tap rooms? Do you guys think? I mean, I, from my you know, I was saying earlier, I, I think that it should have been adopted a long time ago. The uh, the idea of having more control over the the product and the identity you're presenting along with your beer, uh, being able to to mitigate any circumstances that might come up with your your vendors you choose to partner with, um, is is this going to be? You think a, a standalone Fulton project, or is it going to be imitated uh, across the industry? I I think that over the next few years, as the beer industry in Minnesota, tap rooms in Minnesota continue to evolve, you'll see more of this genre of things happening. Uh, a, a lot of us, I'm sure, have been into beer cities that are just a few years ahead of where we're at today today in, in Minneapolis and the Twin Cities and um, you know I think the last time I went to Portland which is probably three years ago now and a lot of the I mean they are packaging breweries they are tap rooms not brew pubs but almost all of them have kitchens and it's it's not that they're not restaurants they're production breweries first with really good kitchens in them mm -hmm. and it just you know a after a certain time it becomes part of the expectation of the customer who walks through the door and and for obvious reasons i mean beer and food belong together uh but that said i mean it, it takes time and it's not the right fit for every single brewery at every single time uh, we have been we, we opened this tap room five and a half years ago in early 2012 and um the opportunity was then there as it was this year but we just weren't ready for it. We didn't have the room for it. We didn't have the the mental capacity, the the any capacity really to make a kitchen happen here. Go ahead and do. We you, still have the mental capacity uh, for it now. No, but we we and then Scott <laughs> came you're, in. So. You're trying, damn it. <laughs> um, but no, I mean there. They, it just it wouldn't have worked for us before it uh, now has in 2017. And a lot of breweries, I'm sure today, are thinking about it, but might not want to do it for three or five years or more yeah it's a process it's part of an it's evolution growth of a yeah it's part of the growth of a, of a business of a brewery and it might make sense for some it might not for others some may be just fine sort of sticking with the food truck model that they have now where different food trucks come on different days no i'm, I'm definitely it, excited for it i can say i especially like the way that you guys described the, the the food and beer pairing not so much as as pairings but creating you know an adventure with what scott's doing with what you guys are providing on the liquid side of things where, you know, there's no such thing as a, a perfect pairing anyway. Everybody's got a different concept of, of what's good and what Everybody's goes together. Everybody's got their own taste buds. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited for the experience, and I'm excited for more of the food growth uh, on the side of the industry. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I will be back for, for more of that poor kettle. And, and, and I'm excited because it gives us more places to take the show that will give us their food. <laughs> <laughs> Just welcome back anytime, no more than once a month. <laughs> 
<laughs> so speaking of growth, we've... You want to do the beer cast from here again? <laughs> <laughs> we've, of course, got Shakopee Brew Hall uh, in the house joining us here at Fulton. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Welcome to the show, Ben. How Thank you, guys you very doing? much. Absolutely. Welcome uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the community, as the, the, we uh, talked about community it earlier. Minnesota. Tell us about Shakopee Brew Hall. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you. For, thank you for having us on. Uh, I also want to say thanks to the Fulton team and uh, giving us a place here this afternoon. Uh, absolute treat. So thank you again. Um, you know, I I guess I would start out by saying that it's it's you know you know listening to the Fulton team. Uh, prioritization is something that really jumps out at me when I listen to everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben's heard this story. He's heard my ramblings for probably years now. I wake up for those. Yes. <laughs> uh, he rage throws his phone at uh, at 11 p.m. when I have a great idea. And uh, but I would just say that you know really it's 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 always tough to condense this. But mm-hmm. you know having a brewer, having a brewery has been a, a delusion or a dream for mine of mine for you know three four five years now. Uh, you know unfortunately the the other partner in this Damon cannot be here tonight. Uh, he's just got some other commitments but he can come on next time all right but you know, really what you know kind of where where sparks really started to fly was you know what i usually say is about 12 months ago uh you know i i really wanted to be on the downtown strip uh shakopee has got an extremely you know ton of history to it mm-hmm. uh, a five five six block strip where we're wedged right in between uh turtles uh brian turtles uh you know Great craft beer, genuine beer advocate. Uh, Arnie's right next door, and we're right smack dab in the middle of this old 1850s building that's been that we've renovated uh, to the point where we've got a, a really nice uh, nostalgic tap room yeah. and a production area that I hope makes Ben happy. And so far, you know, he's happy. I don't know, 70% of the time. <laughs> what do you, what, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I would say at least 80. All right. So if 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 I were a listener, and and hopefully we have a few listeners, how would you describe uh, Shakopee Brew Hall to him. Shakopee Brew Hall, you know, one of the things that I would say, and you touched on it right at the beginning, is you know the the notion of a brew hall. Uh, we're really playing, uh, and, and I mean that genuinely, is the, the community angle. We want people to come together. There's you know there's uh, a lot of roots in Shakopee, and some suburbs have it, and some don't. But there are some people. There's some last names that have been there since the dawn of time, and so the <laughs> opportunity, and I mean that in a loving way, you know, the opportunity for people to come together and come to a location, you know, having even having travel and done a whole lot of things. I mean, the ideas of a bench just like what we're sitting at and being able to chat, you know, chat with strangers, uh, chat with your friends, bring people together through, uh, through beer, through food. Those, that's kind of what we're after. Very good. Well, let's, uh, let's take a little break. Uh, let's talk a little more about the, uh, the vision for the Shockley Brew Hall and uh, how things got started and where we're going in the future. Uh, we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Twin Cities News Talk is available wherever you are. AM 1130, 103.5 FM, 100.3 HD2, and on the iHeartRadio app for any mobile device. Because you deserve the truth wherever you are. TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com 
From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center. Our radio app or wherever else. Thank you for uh, choosing to spend some time with us. We really appreciate it. Please share the show with your friends. Yeah, if you have feedback, uh, don't be shy. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, MN underscore BeerCast. I'm at MN Schmitty. I'm at Andrew Lee TCNT. We're, uh, we're easy to get a hold of. We are easy to get a hold of. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, just search Minnesota BeerCast on Facebook. Throw us a like, shoot us a message, leave us a comment, whatever. Yeah. We like it all. Sure. We appreciate it. Well, we are joined by uh, the fine folks nice. from, well, Mostly either way, me. either way. Don't You don't have to be nice to Schmitty. He's got thick skin. Leave us a great Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> One star. <laughs> we are joined by the folks from Fulton and Shakopee Brew Hall. Uh, we left off kind of with a, a bit of a tease uh, of the, the identity of Shakopee Brew Hall. Uh, Ryan and Ben were just getting into uh, what, what they envision. You guys have been open for a big two, two weeks, so you're kind of newborn. Weeks, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us, tell us what you guys are offering uh, at the brew hall. How big the system is. What what we can expect for products going forward. Um, yeah, so uh, we are on a seven barrel system, uh, DME uh, made, uh, really nice Canadian system. Uh, got it out of uh, Connecticut, uh, secondhand from a guy uh, Mark De Silva out of Southport Brewing. Uh, he was updating his system to twenty barrel and was looking to get rid of his and we were lucky enough to just kind of well damon the one who's not here and could really give you the most information was, yeah, was when he found it but uh so find it on craigslist how does that work out <laughs> i think it was no, pro brewer, it was pro brewer. I, yeah, I, we, I swore i'd never buy used <laughs> but uh sometime damon sent me this note you should check this out and i was like well i guess i'll be that guy and i called him up and sparks flew and, and um, next thing i know i'm on a, on a plane to go take a look at it and yeah uh, yeah no but uh, we got that from uh, uh, from out east and uh, started brewing on it, boy, about, what, two and a half months ago. Um, so you've been going at it for a little while now. You've been open for two weeks, but you've been brewing on the system for Well, you got to have something ready to go when you right? open those doors. Well, um, big, big full pot, open the yeah. doors, and wah, wah, you're out of beer. Yeah. Or Well, and I, I was really big on this idea of not opening before we had something to re- really get people to come back in. You know, I, I, was, I remember going to a, a brewery opening, and, you know, they had two beers. And... Mm-hmm. And, and they were very good, but, you know, I, I kind of went in there with my wife, and, and, and she had one, and I had one, and we kind of switched glasses, and then we <laughs> both had it, and, and we were done. And, and I kind of figured that... You, you could know, have had when, two more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, so when, when, it was, uh, when it was time for us to really think about how and when uh, it was time to open our doors, I was really uh, uh, a proponent of this idea of at least four. And we actually were lucky enough to have five. Uh, when we were ready to open, and That's so a pretty good start. Yeah, and so and we've we've added two more since then, and so um, you know by this upcoming next weekend we should have easily seven on. So and folks gonna be listening to this on on Friday night yep. or Saturday or maybe Sunday. What what can they expect when they walk into the tap and what kind of beers are gonna be on tap? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, you know, I, I guess maybe it's just a symptom of being new and in an area that, you know, we have, we certainly have Badger Hill down about four miles from us, but being a production facility as opposed to kind of more of a local tap room, we, mm-hmm. we really didn't know 
or or, or felt exactly what the community was looking for. And Engaging so, your audience. Yeah, and so when when we opened up, we wanted to open up with you know four or five very approachable beers. Uh, you know, like like Ryan said earlier, we're right in between all Miller Lite clones. Exactly. No, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're right we're right by we're, we're right in between a place called Arnie's, uh, which is uh, you know kind of the that's even stereotypical, but at the the greatest part of a local establishment um, in every sense of the word. But I mean, you know, I, knowing knowing what I know from working in, in other breweries and restaurants, it's you know you're going to have someone walk in, even being a, a brewery makes your own stuff, asking for Coors Light, and well, so nothing wrong with that. I mean, Coors Light not is at all. absolutely not, absolutely not. But knowing that that is going to be a part of you know the the customer base, you know, we we wanted to open with a light beer, so we've got a, a nice light lager, four sure. percent, really easy to drink, uh, a lot more interesting than than well, personally, I think than than maybe a, a Coors Light, but you know, I'm biased. <laughs> You're allowed um, to say that it's yeah. your beer. <laughs> uh, we've got a a nice uh, sessionable. American Red uh, Amber Ale. Uh, we've got a, a Nut Brown, and uh, we're hoping to have a, I kind of toe the line between a Session and a, a full-strength uh, American IPA, but, you know, it, uh, we call it the 6, uh, 6%. Um, that, that's hopefully always going to be on, and then from there we, we've added a double IPA, uh, Hop for Mama. And uh, next week we're going to be throwing on a, uh, a Meritzen. Um, not a true Oktoberfest, only because we've kind of missed that, that little eh, time window. Close but, enough. But uh, uh, throwing on a Meritzen, and then uh, you know, I, going back to kind of my my background and playing with really goofy beers, I'm putting a Grisette on pretty soon. Um, hoping to play around with maybe a Pivo, Grojiskia, um, some way. A Grojiskia? Gesundheit. Thank you. Oh, you got to love your Polish beers. Educate, our, educate our audience. Uh, so, uh, or, or a Grazer, uh, if you're in, uh, coming from the German side of it. So it's a oak-smoked wheat beer. Um, Sounds it, ambitious. Well, you know, I, I, what I like about brewing, I have a background educationally from kind of history and anthropology, and I, you know, didn't didn't work out for me some in the beer industry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, or it did work out for me. So get your education, kids. So I, <laughs> you'll end up drinking beer for the rest of your life. Well, no, it was more. I, I chased my wife around the country to. So anyway. Um, but it, you know, I, I've got this background in really like to, liking to explore the origins of things, you know, the cultural backgrounds of, you know, why places develop the way they do. And so when, you know, I approach my love of beer, places like, you know, Poland or Germany or, or little hamlets in, in uh, you know, far-flung towns in the middle of nowhere, you know, mountainscapes, uh, I, I really love those those little beers that developed out of those regions, like uh, back when I was I was uh, brewing for a brewery at the Herkimer, you know, we used to make a a Kottbusser all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this little region of Germany that kind of escaped the the purity law forever was able to use honey and oats for forever. So I kind of fell in love with beers like that. So, well, given the opportunity, I really like to approach beers that are you could almost call them extinct now. No, I, I like um, that idea that the concept of the beer being very identifiable to a specific region, you know, and and by taste and and by recipe. I think that. That's that's very unique, and and it gives that identity. It gives it a unique identity, and, and gives you a unique experience to, to give to your consumers. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's really important with as sort of cluttered as the craft beer market is getting, you know, you got to have your own little little niche. Here's the here's the one thing that we do different from the, you know, 17 other tap rooms that you could choose from around here. I, I agree with that. I do kind of uh, sometimes I, I bristle at this idea that every brewery has to have a gimmick. Sure. No, yeah, um, that's not what I meant. Right. No, but but this idea that, you know, what are you what makes you completely different from your neighbor? Um, you know, I make good could, beer. I could I'm just not, be better, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, what's what's wrong with but that's that? That's very subjective. <laughs> but but only one person can be the only one brewery can be the best. But but I do really like this idea of, you know, there can be only one. I I want to approach I I want to produce beer for for everyone that is, you know, first and foremost approachable, even goofy if you want to call it that. But um, it's well made. It's clean. Um, and then if you come in and you've tried that IPA because you feel comfortable in that, or mm-hmm. you've, you've tried that light lager because it's what you've always known, and you want to try something like a, a 4% smoked beer. Right. No, you know, I think that's, 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 that's a great well. concept. Going from, from A to Z, you know, appealing to the, the very be- beginnings of craft beer, having that light lager that somebody's going to wander in off the street on and bring them all the way to that, that smoked wheat on the other opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, and I love the idea of using beer um, to explore sort of the history. I think that's a really yes. neat way of looking at it, and that's one of the things I've loved as I've as my sort of palate has expanded and my knowledge has expanded over the last few years doing this show with Schmitty is is learning about the history of all these different styles and the regions they came from and how important it is to get the right ingredients to make the right styles if you really want to be true to it. So I think that's that's a really neat concept. Yeah, I mean we are really lucky being you know brewing when we are in that we have great maltsters like RAR or uh, Brees or Wireman or or whoever that can produce for us malts that don't take us three days to make anymore and we don't have to you know go through all that and we can you know the the sky's the limit in terms of style we can make anything we want now but to be able to go back and say you know this beer why does it exist it it exists because the water you know allowed it to exist in this little region the hops were only available here the you know whatever Uh, and to be able to come back and really explore that and say, okay, well, this existed before. It may not be big now, but this type of beer existed for a long time. It made a lot of people happy. Why don't you try it? You know, I really like that idea. We are up against a break. One more segment of this edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast coming up right after this on Twin Cities News Talk. Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin. Are my investments set up to do well should something actually happen again like 2008? Sundays at 9 a.m. on Twin Cities News Talk, 1130 KTLK. Our sold-out 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Two nights, one stage. Over 20 of the uh, Twins are in the playoffs. Can, might, might, might be hosting some uh, some ALDS action. Absolutely. I'm extremely excited and that <laughs> yeah. has nothing to do with their proximity. No, no, Go no. Twins. Nothing to do with the business that, that, <laughs> no. would, that would come Seriously, with it. Yes. <laughs> Super stoked for the Twins. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just a Twins fan. So you guys, oh, I, I, snagged, uh, I snagged those potential ALDS tickets uh, this morning, so I'm, nice. I'm very excited. Very of course, nice. the Yankees always have our number, so. God, the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. Oh, everybody hates the Yankees. I think this is is uh, our best shot, though. I mean, we we got a one and done with the Yankees. Yep. Like I, I hate to say, it, I sound like such a 
just a Minnesota sports fan is a little bit jaded, but <laughs> I'd rather beat the Yankees in one than the Yankees in seven. I was about yeah. to say the exact yeah. same Twins thing. Fan. Yep. I feel much better about yep. a one and done than a, than a best of five or best of seven. Yep. That yeah. is such a Minnesota perspective. <laughs> as, as I'm good ashamed of it, but I'm also right. a realist. It's called, yeah. Yeah, it's called experience, all right? right? <laughs> yeah. Reality on reality's terms. Yep. You know, the last <laughs> Twins playoff game I went to was at Target Field 2010 when we lost to the Yankees yeah. in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was at that game. I uh one of the uh, the jobs I used to have in a previous life, I was in the Yankees locker room after we lost that game and it was heart-wrenching. It was terrible. I like you a little less I right was now. sprayed <laughs> I was sprayed with champagne from the players on the opposite team and and I cried tears of pain. It was <laughs> it was not cool. is tough. Yeah, it is. It's tough. But we we are here at Fulton and and we teased the show a little bit saying you guys had a bunch of news uh, that we wanted to talk about and the the latest news, I guess we have good timing on this show every once in a while. But you guys have some some really cool news with Jameson to share. Uh, walk us through uh, walk us through that news, if you would, Brian. Um, we are absolutely thrilled to be partnering with Jameson uh, on their drinking buddies program. So everybody needs a drinking buddy. Yeah, well, absolutely. It well, might we as well be Jameson. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I, I was shocked to find out that uh, a little bump of whiskey next to your beer is delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hadn't been doing that for years. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jameson has their castmates program where they, they take uh, their Irish whiskey, they age it in barrels that have previously aged beer. Uh, and so their Drinking Buddies program is they send some of their Jameson Irish whiskey barrels to, I believe it's 16 or so breweries. Uh, don't quote me on that number. I think it's right around there. It's close um, enough. Around, uh, regionally around the United States. Uh, they send them their barrels. Uh, we aged... Uh, a special beer in those barrels uh, and then we're going to be doing some fun promotions with them and stuff like that uh, setting up uh, beer in the bump programs with them because we all know that nothing's like, better than nothing's better than a beer in a bump right um, and uh, yeah just a, a ton of fun working with them and uh, yeah doing a lot of fun stuff coming up so are you allowed to to tease the the beer that's been in the Jameson barrel or is that for release at another date and time yeah, I think we're good. Uh, we are, we are, uh, we are basically making a uh, uh, <laughs> a barrel aged uh, Irish uh, coffee stout. Ooh. So it is. Uh, um, I'm sold. Yeah, should should be should be super tasty. Yeah, um, nice uh, big imperial stout with coffee in it, aged in uh, Jameson barrels. Uh, and what do you need when you're drinking a 10% uh, imperial coffee stout? Uh, Driver. Uh, bump next to it <laughs> and then a driver after that do we know what kind of coffee you guys of course are famous for war and peace uh, we are using the the same coffee uh, we uh, have worked with peace coffee for uh, a number of years now they make absolutely fantastic coffee um, uh, historically in war and peace we've used their uh, Guatemalan uh, dark roast um, I actually don't know if we've decided on a coffee bean for this beer yet I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we, we should have, last time we had a coffee roaster on, I believe it was Up Coffee Roasters, and they do some really, really fun stuff, but there is a whole world 
of, of coffee that we uh, let's get one on the books too. Let's do another coffee show. Talk about yeah. what what you can really experience with a good cup of coffee from the the woody tannins to the fruity notes. I mean the the roast on a bean. You can take one bean and transform it from a light roast to a whole different experience with a dark roast. Right. We should we should we'll, do more we'll, coffee. We'll get a coffee show in the hopper. <laughs> we, will, we will we will chamber one of those up. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely into that. End of the making us all human in the morning. Like, absolutely. Yeah, That's important. I, uh, I won't even look my wife's direction until I've made her a pot of coffee in the morning. <laughs> I love her to death. Honey, if you're listening, I know you're not, but I love you anyway. He, here's a cup of coffee. Yeah. I don't I don't talk to anybody <laughs> until i got at least one full cup in me. Absolutely. Well, uh, we do have some news to get to, but before we do that, uh, we do have a grand opening to plug for the guys at, at Shakopee. Do you want to tell us uh, when the grand opening is? Yeah, absolutely. So we've... Um, uh, I guess next week, October 4th, which is a Wednesday, uh, we've got um, a series of events running Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, we've got some uh, bingo, some trivia on Thursday. Ben's going to have a beer release on Friday. Um, and in addition to that, we don't have a whole lot of food trucks uh, way south of the river in Shakopee, but we do have a lot of solid restaurants, local joints. So Taco Local will be there, Turtles, uh, Public Tap House, uh, uh, O'Brien's uh, Public House. So really excited to have people come on down, give us a shot. It's been a great couple weeks. but certainly What's the date on that? Uh, October 4th is a Wednesday. All right, I'll be there. Um, all right. Thank you so much. That's that's, you're, you're right in my neck of the woods. I, oh, yeah? I, I live in Eden Prairie. so And we are I'm, we are dabbling with a, with a cribbage tournament on Sunday. I, okay, uh, I'll be there. You guys may be the first people to hear that because I don't know how to do a cribbage tourney yet. You're not, you're not plugging the couple's yoga? <laughs> oh, and the couple's yoga? Oh, Actually, a couple's okay, yoga on what day is that? That's Saturday. <laughs> Saturday I, before the gopher game. So. It, what a coincidence. I just got my yoga pants yesterday. Oh, I, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> my mind is going in different this places. It's going to work out perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> no, we do. We, we do have a lot of fun things happening, and uh, so thanks for for bringing that up. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'll get you my contact info. Hit me up and uh, as a reminder on that grand opening, and I'll definitely come down and check awesome. that out. I'll bring bring the wife down because we're we're down in shock all the time. We for the partner work. yoga we, or just what's that? For partner yoga? For partner yoga? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, okay. And I will, I will happily give a plug. The Saison is fantastic. All right. Thanks thank so much. You, thank you. Yeah. You know, do we have what? What's the uh, the brew release going to be? Oh, so the the brew release is going to be that that merits and we're, uh, we're calling it herbst fest so we got to throw a little german in there a little autumn, autumn fest for you very nice yeah drew do we have time for some news we got a couple minutes left in the show i got a few stories here uh we'll start with probably the biggest one uh boston beer makers of uh sam adams obviously right know, uh, never heard of them never <laughs> they're a little they're a little brewery out of uh they're over on the east coast not not considered really a craft brewery anymore but honestly you know i mean they were yeah. Per definition. Per definition, they are technically a craft brewery. Right? If and you yeah. if you have a, a waxed mustache and skinny jeans, you may not think and I think that they're you, a craft And I think brewery. they deserve their, their share of the credit for, Absolutely. for expanding the palates and the interest in different styles of beer. And I think they still make good, clean beer. They, they make really great do. beer. They, they really, absolutely really make do. great beer. And they have. Well, and, and they might be being bought. Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> record scratch. 
<laughs> Tell us more, Drew. Uh, well, you know, the uh, the company's struggling, and uh, business has been uh, with the craft beer explosion and all the different options available to people in local tap rooms and more people drinking because local. Because people don't think they're a craft brewer anymore? People don't think they're a craft brewer anymore. Their business has uh, has has come down a little bit. This story out of Bloomberg. If the company fails to turn around its business in the next year, it could mean a buyer comes knocking. That's according to an analyst report that came out on Tuesday of this week. That Those remarks renewed takeover speculation for the maker of Sam Adams, which then, of course, resulted in its uh, stock prices uh, going through the roof. Its shares uh, went up the most in almost two months. The brewer has struggled to boost its performance as the craft beer industry gets more crowded. Drinkers have more than 4,000 craft breweries to choose from, and that's not really true. I don't have 4,000 to choose from. I have whatever's available in Minnesota to you, choose from. Well, you from. travel the country. You have yeah, but, over 5,000. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a time machine, you've got even more than that. Mm-hmm. And with the, all those choices, uh, Boston Beer has obviously lost some market share. So uh, what do you guys think? Boston Beer getting acquired, possibly? It, it smells fishy to me. Yeah, I love the. It's it seems purely speculative. Yeah, and an, an, an analyst, an analyst said an analyst that they might be bought, and suddenly stock prices go through the roof. It's an analyst report, <laughs> and an analyst's job is to you know look at the current situation and try to figure out what likely scenarios there may be, and that's what they do. And I'd, I'd be, be very very surprised if if that company ever sold out, for lack of a better term, was was acquired. Um, created a new partnership, however you want to phrase it. The, you know, the the founder there has been a, a stalwart, independent uh, face in craft brewing for a long time, and, and has done a great job in in pushing the envelope and in being a, a great representative for the industry. I think it would be a huge blow uh, for that to happen. Here, here. Yeah, everybody go go buy some Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Help them out a little bit. Buy a six pack here. Love their October. Well, they're doing okay. Apparently, their stock prices are through the roof. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are out of time for this week's episode. Thank you uh, so much to Fulton for having us out. It was a great time. Thank you. Amazing food, amazing beer. Uh, Shock could be beer hall. I can't wait to uh, come out there and check you guys out October 4th is the grand opening. October you guys 4th. Have a website is... or a Facebook page oh, yeah. or anything? What Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What? Uh, actually, the the website just went live. What? About a week ago. About a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go what, check uh, out the you, shock. The address hall. helps. Yeah. So one twenty four. No, the website address. <laughs> that address helps too. <laughs> that address helps too. Shockbebrewhall.com. Google, Google Shockbebrewhall. <laughs> Very good. And that's gonna wrap it up. We'll see you guys next week on the Minnesota Beercast. See like beer it makes me a jolly good fellow